One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, Loose Units. Paul here. We are almost at the end of season one of Loose Units, the podcast. And the cases, as you may have noticed, are just getting juicier and juicier. But look, I wanted to run something by you all, okay? Now, Dad and I do this show for free. And we've avoided doing a Patreon because we quite like the idea that you can download and listen to the same show, all of you. But doing this for free involves a lot of costs for us. It involves flights, accommodation, studio hire, transfers, you name it, we do it all out of our own pocket. So the best way you can help out and support Dad and I is to buy Loose Units, the book, and grab the audiobook. It's out April the 1st. Lots of you already have, and we can't express just how appreciative we are of that, but it would mean so much to Dad and I to have you going out and supporting the two of us by buying Loose Units online or getting it from your local bookstore or getting them to order it in or, you know, sacrificing a small goat under a full moon and, you know, just just <laughs> making it happen. Um, so go out there, grab Loose Units, gosh darn it. It means so much to us. And also one other thing, um, as mentioned in previous episodes, I am producing the episode, uh, the podcast, rather, Ruler Mark. It's a podcast about people's obsession with France. Already you've been so great in piling on and subscribing, but if you haven't already headed across to hear this very, very funny look at French culture, Tegan Higginbotham hosts it. It's on iTunes. It's called Ruler Mark, and there should be a link to it on the official Loose Units Facebook page. Anyway, that's enough housekeeping. On with the show. When I was a little kid, my dad was a cop. You see, my dad was a cop in the 80s in Sydney, which is generally regarded as the wild west of law enforcement. A terrifying time to be a cop or a criminal or just to be in Sydney full stop. And I, one day, stumbled upon his case files and they absolutely ruined me. So years later, I approached dad And we went through his old case files together and it became a book, Loose Units. It's in stores right now, actually. And now we're doing a podcast about it. Loose Units, the podcast, is a weekly true crime podcast where I sit across from my dad, an ex-cop from the 80s, and we dive deep into the seedy underbelly of Sydney's policing. So we're doing this podcast down here in Collingwood every week at Castaway Studios together, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to another hot piping episode of Loose Units, the podcast. I shouldn't say hot and piping because it's going to remind Dad that he hasn't had his coffee uh, yet. No. Yeah, that's the kind of sedate answer you would expect from an uncaffeinated ex-cop. I'm Paul Verhoeven, that's John Verhoeven, and this week on the show, um, we've got a whole bunch of things to, to cover. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope you're, you're strapped in and ready for this one. Dad, you 
told me to write this down. VKG story. Okay. Now, yeah. do you just want to start cold or do you want to do some warm-up exercises? Um, me, me, no, me, no. me, me, me. You don't want to? No, no, no. I'm happy. But VKG, which stands for... Video Kill Game. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know what it stands for, but it's New South Wales Police Radio. Hang on. You don't know what VKG stands for? Do you? Well, no, no but I have the internet, so I'm going to look it up and find out. And this is live, effectively. So VKG stands for... It might, it might not be in there, Paul. No, no, it is. It is in here. Okay. Well, Wikipedia has an entry, VKG. It stands for one of three things. It stands for Vera Chemia Grupp, a chemical company. This is not a plug. <laughs> it stands for Vampire Night, an anime. It's not that. New South Wales Police. The New South Wales Police Force radio call sign known as VKG. Fuck off. That's not the whole entry. Isn't that amazing? They don't anyway, even say what it's for. No, it's probably classified. V- Hang on. Here we go. Um, someone's cre- Okay. What does VKG stand for on police radio communications? Oh, Christ. The first two letters, VK, indicate they are from Australia, and the final letter is a unique letter issued to them. Queensland police use VKR, New South Wales police use VKG, and Victoria uses VKC. But no one here seems to know what the specific letter is for. So Isn't that v- fascinating? Well, I feel like it's arbitrary. Yeah. I, I'm not sure whether it's still called VKG, but it, gee, it sounds sounds great. We talked about VKG for, for a few minutes, yeah. lightly in circles. Yeah, for listeners yeah. who haven't read the book, what does VKG actually mean? What is it? Well, it's a place where uh, it's a building. Super, super secure. Why are you laughing? Well, I mean, you, you... It's secure. Yeah, okay. And it's supposed to be at a secret location. Right. But, but it's not. Well, well, what is it? But what is what is it? It's a... It's a big room with lots of. Well, it used to be police. Yeah. And now I think they've, they've been infiltrated by public servants. I don't think they were infiltrated. This is not an espionage film. They, true, were, they, they were let in. Yeah. But I'm saying, what is the purpose of the VKG? Well, to disseminate radio. I mean, every police car, as you know, when there's a pursuit, mm. or. I mean, how do you think they get their, their, their jobs over the radio? I don't know. They infiltrate. It comes through the radio in the police car yeah. from VKG. Right, so it's like a central radio Correct. dispatch like a big thing. dispatch room. Sure. But it, it, it receives the triple O calls. So when you dial triple O mm. on a phone in, and I'm only speaking for New South Wales, yes. uh, the first thing they say is, what service do you require, police, fire or ambulance? Yep. And then you make the call. Normally you're pretty stressed if you've had to dial triple O. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's not triple O, is it? It's triple zero. It is triple zero, yes. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're saying, ooh, which sounds pleasing and calming. Yeah. If in, in America, it's 999. It is, yeah. Now, listen, um, I happen to know for a fact, apparently there's a, there was a big survey done recently. Apparently, there's a bit of a problem with people calling emergency services and not giving enough information. Mm. So they sort of give half the information, then hang up. And then what you've got is a dispatcher who wants to send a cop or yeah, a fire, yeah, fiery. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the, to listeners, if you're going to call emergency services, stay on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what happened was with, with police radio VKG, it used to be in uh, an old in the old CIB building in uh, Sydney, in sure. Smith and Campbell Street in Surrey Hills. And, yep. and it, was, it was maybe on the third or fourth floor. And it was really, really, really... Hang on, you said it was secret, Dick. How'd you just tell no, me no, where it was? No, no, hang on, hang on. It's the old one. Right. So they keep They've moving. they moved now to, to a bunker. To a bunker. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you where that is. Sure, because you, uh, maybe, no. primarily because you don't know. No, I do. do? But I'm not supposed to know. Sure. No, I do know. Um, what a but, ride. What a rollercoaster ride this um, is. No, but you can imagine if, if the communication system was to go down, uh, you've got major problems. Mm. The whole police force is rendered uh, – well, they become – it becomes a group of autonomous 
you know, tiny little, uh, you know, sort of robot type things working around like in a Pac-Man game gone mad. Is that a good analogy? Not really. No. I mean, because Pac-Man has ghosts and cherries and the police force has none of those. Mm. I mean, I don't know what you stock in your lunchrooms, but I'm assuming fresh fruit is not a real priority. This is going way off track. Yep. Please. Back so to the anyway, they, they used to work the same shifts as general duties, yep. uh, three till 11, 11 till seven, seven till three. Uh-huh. Now it was divided basically into two sections. At the back of the room, and it was very dimly lit. It was actually a pretty good sort of vibe. Like a romantic? No. <laughs> so you'd have all these, well, generally a, a lot of police and some public servants at the back, but highly, highly trained professionals. So they would be on these phones and the numbers had come through. So you had all these different codes. Like I remember one of the codes that had come through, it used to say L, it had come up in red on these amazing telephones, sort of something like out of a Buck Rogers film. So fairly sort of sci-fi-ish uh, for the time. Yeah. Now you'd look at it and go, that's antiquated crap. Sure. But I'll never forget there was this. There were certain numbers like LA017 that meant armed robbery in progress. So it kind of forewarned you that you'd look down, see what the code was, and it would prepare you for the impending calls. For the calls. Yeah. So and, and and of course triple zero would come up as funny enough triple zero, mm. and you never ever ever knew what was on the other end of the line. So it was exciting. And, you, you you know, you'd get calls. You might have a call from someone that was actually inside a bank watching an armed robbery in progress. Right. And they're hiding. And you could actually – it was freaky. So what you do, you had these cards and you'd write down super quickly but obviously legibly uh, a sort of a, br- a brief synopsis of the situation. Yeah. And you had these moving – sort of like little escalators, but they didn't go down, they just went ahead. Oh, like a... Um, like a moving like a of, Like a sushi train. But really fast. Like a really fast sushi yes, train. Yes, and you had to drop the card into the right um, conveyor. Like a, like, right, right. And if it was something really, really serious, can you imagine... You had these little red tags that said urgent and mm. you'd stick that onto the top of the card mm. and you'd see these cards coming, sort of travelling down into a whole other section of the room where the operators were. So the operators are sitting there and the card had come down and they'd lift it up yeah. and then they would have a whole area of Sydney with perhaps 50 police cars, every single police service imaginable within that area and they were quite big areas and they would then have control and they could talk to every single car and if it was an urgent job they'd press the button instead of down to talk they'd press it up and that would deliver a single beep and if it was super urgent they'd have two beeps yeah which was something catastrophic and then the ultimate so you're in the police car you're driving along and you hear one beep Mm. that kind of like, this is how it works. You're driving along, you're in North Sydney, you're in 61, a, a radio job just comes over, they'd go 61 and pause, mm. and you'd go, or your observer, because I'm driving, for so example, the six observer one, goes 61 received, right, right, and they'd give you the job. But then occasionally they'd go with this high pitched tone. Now, that means that all the police cars in sixth division in that area are all sort of cruising around. Some are in the station because you've got police radios inside every station as well, right. monitoring. So either there's an emergency or your steak and chips is ready. Correct. Okay. So 
but they'd have one beep which meant, say, let's say a break and enter in progress, yep. which is a fairly important job. It just it heightens all the driver's awareness. If you're in the station and you hear over the loudspeaker, you might run for the car. But then you'd get two beeps, which was a rare occurrence. So two distinct tones. And what kind of crimes would that That be? would be like an armed robbery in progress mm-hmm. or um, a serious domestic knife or gun involved, something really, really bad. Right. Then you had three beeps. And there were only two incidents back in the, in the 80s where they had three beeps. Can I guess? Yep. Uh, officer down? Signal one. Uh, a terrace. No, not terrace. We didn't know. That was nothing back then. Not really, no. Not as much. Okay, so but I, I got one right. Yeah, got one right. What so the, what's the second if, one? Um, if there's a plane about to crash. Oh, shit. So we're talking... Big stuff. Big stuff. Okay. So if I'm a police officer and I'm having the shit kicked out of me and I think my life's in danger, mm. I'll grab my radio and I'll shout out if I'm... Because it's stressful... Uh, and it's a life and death situation, you'll, you'll say 6-1, signal 1, and I'll tell you what. What, they ha- what happens in VKG is that all the areas are combined. Well, this is in the book. So there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a three-chapter like, um, kind of continuing story in the book about a time you actually called shots fired. Mm. Um, yeah. And when I was in my buddy period, yeah, with Len Beta. So that, so what you're describing now is that basically that event, but from the dispatch room, correct? From VKG, yeah. right. and you know, people think about dispatch. I, I think dispatch is a funny. It's a bit of a word that kind of plays it down a little bit because right. the it's a seriously, uh, it's an incredibly intense experience. If you're working up the back and you're writing down and talking, you're at the coalface getting this incredibly important information mm. through and where seconds count, what rarely would happen, but it, but it, it happened occasionally, is you would not drop the, the card into the conveyor system. You'd run it down. Now, when that happened, that was exciting because you knew to see generally a police officer because we were in uniform. Oh, right, right. And uh, you Hang on. So just, just to clarify, because I think we may have breezed over this, You've done this. I did it. You've you've worked in that room. I was there. Jesus Christ! Yeah, right. I'm assuming you don't get into full uniform for it. Well, well, you don't need a gun. Obviously. You don't need a gun, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, a gun is part of your uniform, but right. but you're in full police uniform. Sure. And uh, are the people in the second section the the, the people that you run the stuff to? Are they they're all, all police? They're all police. Well, you know, they used to be um, pretty well all police. Okay, the ratio would have been maybe ninety percent police and really, really experienced police, like right. absolutely great police officers that would work incredibly well under extreme stress. It's starting to sound less like uh, a call center and more like NASA's mission control. No, it's not. It's not a call center. It's 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 exciting. It's thrilling. It's super important. It's stressful. Uh, and without VKG and the equivalent in all the states and and and, and sort of uh, all over the world, mm. it's it's exactly this. It's exactly the same. The processes, and it's really really important. And you know, can you imagine if you've got a woman that's just uh, come into a house and found that her kids have been murdered, and then her husband jumps out and chases her with a knife? She manages to make it to a neighbour. She manages to dial somehow triple O. Can you imagine how she's feeling? And, and and you're trying to extract information out of her and she's a gibbering wreck, rightfully so. 
and you need to know, and it's really, really, really just so intense because you know how important those seconds are. Yeah, of course. To avert uh, potentially another tragedy. And, uh, yeah, it's intense. So I was working, it was an afternoon, and I received a phone call from a young boy. He would have been maybe seven years old. Yeah. And he somehow or other managed to call and he'd been kidnapped. Oh, shit. Mm. And he was in this man's house. So he called and we're chatting away and he was really, really upset, super young boy, and he said that this man had taken him and but then he hung up and then he called again and he kept the, the phone line kept dropping out and it began to we began to realize that this was actually a kidnapping uh minor problem can you think what that was uh you have no idea of he didn't know where he was yeah yeah imagine that yeah so and seven is very like i'm trying to think of cuz i've got I, I you know I know some seven year olds like I've got nieces and nephews and that's I the abil- having the ability to convey information in a crisis at seven is not a skill that a seven year old is programmed with no no, no. And this guy this this the 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 perpetrator mm. had locked this kid in the house and this kid was shit scared it was um around about maybe four in the afternoon oh, God. okay so the only thing I know is that we have a seven year old boy he's been kidnapped. He's in a house and it's in Sydney and it's my job. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, this little story that I'm about to tell you now that's never been told before, and I kind of at the time thought it was a really, really special and significant story and I felt, not that one does anything for kudos, but I sort of felt that it was a little bit under the radar, this story, and it could have been a really... Big story, but it never was. Okay, well, um, you know, it might, it might be now. So yeah, but the thing is, that the work that went into, and it was really full on. So what um, the senior police there did, and they're all they're all inspectors and above, because right. they, they have to make some very very big decisions that are that that are rely on a lot of policing experience. Yep. And um, anyway, so what we did, we isolated a particular phone, and I was then put at a very quiet area right at the very, very back. And it's pretty dark and I'm just sitting there. And then when the call came through, I came up with a plan that sounded bizarre at the time. And it was the coordination and the logistics of what I decided to do. And it was lateral thinking that was really, really great. And what I decided to do was to get pretty well every single police car in Sydney, every single police car in Sydney, Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. To drive around with their sirens on. How's that? Right, so... Presumably what you're trying to do is is get the kid to identify when he can hear them Correct. or what, what direction he can hear them Correct. from. Whereabouts in the house is he at this point? He's just inside the house. And the, and the guy's gone. And there was no one there. So he's locked in a house. Was he just, okay, f- when he calls, what's his emotional state? Is he worked uh, out? No, he was surprisingly calm. He was great. Okay. Really good. He was upset, but he, he, he understood that we were there and we could get him out. Is it bad that my first assumption is that this is like a um, a relative we're talking about, like a, like a... I've got no idea. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. But anyway, so the police cars were working on grid patterns. Yep. And uh, eventually uh, he could hear a police siren and then, here's the weird thing, we then had to start getting cars to turn their sirens off because no police car driving around knew that their car was near the person. So then he'd say, oh, the siren's just gone off. And then we'd pinpoint that car, that siren had gone off. And we'd realise that... Hang on, when you, when you, sorry, when you say we... Well, the police force. Right, but, but but you're in a you're in some sort of like back room yep. in this place. Yep. Uh, who else is with you at this point? No, no, I'm by myself. There just, were a few officers standing by, but they, they, they knew that they could look on but not get involved because right. no, you, you can't have – like in a, in a hostage negotiation system, a situation, you don't have multiple people. It's one person because you've got that rapport you build up and there's the trust. And continuity. And, and continuity. And, and, you know, I had to just stay with it until the end. Anyway, what happened was the, 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 the young boy then would say, oh, the siren's just gone off. And then we, we, we realised that the suburb was Eleanor Heights Okay. which is on the northern beaches, and the siren... Uh, with the, so then everyone else could sort of basically go back to, to their own duty. And this particular car yeah. from Monavale began to use the siren and it was going closer and closer and closer. Yeah. And eventually the car... I mean, the police car is getting closer because the boy can hear it louder and louder and louder. And eventually the, the boy said, they're in my street. And then I got the police car to slow down and the boy, we kind of worked out that... And the, and the police car, miraculously, through through a combination of circumstances, ended up outside the house and they went and... and uh, Just quickly, you're outside the house. Yep. There's a kid inside. Yep. I mean, I guess you don't know that it's... Like, how do you know it's the house? Well, eventually the police go and start knocking on doors. Sure. And then the young boy said, I can hear someone knocking at the front door. Oh, shit. Okay. Now, then, then, then there's that moment of... Look, you know, we have to say to the little boy, you need to trust us here. Yeah. And then uh, they broke the door down. Right. And they, they got him. Now, at this point, how long have you been on the phone for? Probably 50 minutes. Okay. 
All right. Long time, very stressful. Yeah, yeah. yeah After yeah. that, I was I did, was ratchet. Did Did you ever feel at any point um, the pressure? Because obviously, driving around with sirens on. Uh, I mean, I would assume if I'm a kidnapper, that's gonna that's gonna alert me to the fact. We that- don't know where he was. I, I don't follow up these stories. What? I do what I have to do, and that's it. I'm I'm not. That's not my brief. You know, I, because the thing in, in being a professional, mm. this is another weird thing, is that I'd, I'd go through all that trauma and felt pretty amazing and then within, you know, 20 minutes it's like, oh, well, everyone's forgotten about that. Because there's, there's a fresh trauma. Yeah, being, get back into the hole, yeah. into the drama. But do, so, well, I guess what myself and I assume the listeners are going to want to know is like what happened next? Is the kid, was the kid okay? Yeah, I assume so, but we don't we – don't, that's, that's not our bag. Do, okay, have you ever at any point finished work on a job and been compelled to at least check in and go, like, what happened next? Not at police radio, not and, at VKG. Right. And rarely. It's not, you know, what you need to, to move on. You can't get involved. You know, it's not, it's not good. Because I want to know what happened to that kid. Yeah. I want to know who the man was. There are stories like that. Here's another thing that we don't realise. Okay, when, when you pick up a newspaper in the morning or you go onto social media or, or whatever, you, we, we the public, we read, we, we are given information, but what a lot of people don't realise is that all, at least back in the 80s, and I assume it's to a degree the same, is they have what's called a police media room mm. and the media every single day of the year, every day of the year they meet in a room and the police do a little press conference. This is how it was back in the 80s. And they would tell the media the, the big stories. Sure. And then those stories would go to press. But there were many, many, many incidents all night that we had what was called the duty officer. He'd be sitting there and all this information from Interpol, or from all sources, interstate, would be coming through and he would scan every single noteworthy incident and he had this big stamp and he'd write NFP, not for press. So the next morning, um, it's not like the newspapers and, and the media could just go out and just do whatever story they felt like. Perhaps it's changed now with social media where you've got people at the scene, you know, live streaming and all that sort of stuff. But back then it was very, very, very controlled. Yeah, because one of the things that you told me at one point when I was very young, and I don't know if you'll remember this, but... I think I was lamenting the... I think I was talking about Science of the Lambs to you and I was saying it's really horrible that she was locked up there in that well and blah, blah, blah. And you said, right now, there are hundreds of people trapped and no one will ever find Spot them. Spot on. I did say that nice and I, and I stand by that. Doesn't that get to you? I don't, I don't dwell on it, but that's, that's a fact of life that as we speak in this population of, what, six and a half, seven billion people? Yeah. It's a lot of people. There are bound to be some pretty fucked up people out there. As we're sitting here, as we are sitting here now, I mean, Paul... On the news this morning, yeah. do you recall there was that incident about the that poor lady that was found inside a suitcase? Yeah. That's, that's horrendous. It's horrifying. But from a policing point of view, can you imagine being one of the investigating officers? They've discovered the lady in a suitcase. Yeah. Now they have to figure out who did it. And that's... that's it's, gonna, there's going to be some bloody good police work done there. Did you ever get frustrated that policing, especially when the crimes are so horrible, uh, seemed um, reactive. So, I mean, you, it's, you, you can't very well stop that before it happens, apart from, like, you know, trying to foster a certain level of safety in the community. But a lot of the time it seems like you're on cleanup, right? Like you're, you're, right. you're reacting. Reacting. But the kidnapping is interesting in that 
the crime is still happening yep. and the guy's not there and somehow the kid's got a phone. Mm. Kidnapping seems like one of those crimes that you might actually, if you get lucky, be able to stop Definitely. it, right? Yeah. Uh, did you ever deal with any other kidnappings um, that you can recall? No. No, not really. Look, here's here's a little bit of a sort of a story about, um, and it's a very contentious story, but it's the whole philosophy and uh, and, and, it, and there's been lots and lots said about this particular topic uh, all over the world, and that's about police pursuits. Right. When I was a police officer, police pursuits, it was not uncommon to have, well, one one per shift or two. And we, in, in layman's terms, we're talking about a car chase. Car there, chase. Yeah. And, of course, you've got groups within society that, because occasionally, uh, well, for example, in Sydney a few months ago, there was a terrible case of a highway patrol officer that uh, ran into the side of a, a car, an innocent you know, lady just driving along. Yeah. And I th- I'm not sure whether she passed away, but she was in a very, very bad way. It was touch and go. Yeah. And the story is that the police officer was chasing someone who he says he'd seen using a mobile phone. Okay. Yep. So someone's using a mobile phone. He decides to pursue that person. Yeah. And in doing so... Endangers lives. Endangers lives, and in this particular case, had a the 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 end result was was terrible. And I guess the argument from the police officer is, well, the person on their phone was endangering lives by being on their phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that. Um, there are lots of things we can say about that. However, imagine this: imagine it's midnight, and you remember when I told you that I used to occasionally f- turn my blue light on and just fish and just kind of. See, just see, and occasionally someone in front yep. who was extremely paranoid... About the thing they were probably doing. Correct. Yeah. And they'd bolt. Yep. Now, can you imagine if in the boot of that car was a woman yep. who had just been kidnapped? Sure. And the police decide uh, VKG actually had the power to call off a pursuit... Can you imagine if the pursuit was called off and the car goes away and then that car is found a few hours later and in the boot is a deceased person and they determine that at the time of that police pursuit she was alive. Can you imagine the public's outcry and the family of that particular woman that knew when she was in the back of that car being chased by the police, Mm. she was alive and then some senior police officer at VKG terminated the pursuit because he deemed it was too dangerous for for everyone else's safety. Now, that's in hindsight and that's what happens in court. You're sitting there years, months, weeks, whatever, and in in, in the in the in the coldness of court, in that in that court environment, where the, the event has, has long, long since occurred, it's forensically dissected by fine minds in front of a jury, and you're there trying to justify what you did on that particular day or night. Yeah. And you know it's 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 tough. So, you know, what do you do? Do you have pursuits? People say, oh, you know, you should have helicopters following them, you should shoot out their wheels, you should throw up those spikes. But these chases are moving so quickly that, you know, they're over sometimes within minutes. Mm. So there are, there, are, there are arguments for and against, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's complicated, okay. Yeah. Okay. Look, um, I would love to um, 
you know, uh, cut to a question from one of our listeners, if you like, because they've been sending in some some very, some very good ones. Uh, one question here um, from Paul Commons. Does John have some insights into uh, the Trudy Adams case or the Roger Rogerson stuff? Now, we've dealt with Roger Rogerson before, and obviously with the true crime thing going on right now, there's a lot of, you know, with the Teacher's Pet uh, podcast uh, about the um, – like, do you ever sit back and, you know, hear about these, uh, you know, famous cases that were happening around the time that you were a police officer? And do you ever go, oh, I was there. Oh, I was, you know, part of that or I had some interaction with these things. Yes. Um, you'll recall the story uh, Blue Murder. Yes. And uh, what was the other one? Was it just Blue Murder or Underbelly and those mm. shows? Now, we, you know, we had that rule in our family when you kids were growing up. Firstly, there was no TV for many years. Yeah. And then secondly, uh, when we did get a telly, we we didn't allow you kids uh, – when I say we didn't allow you, and Christian Chris and I didn't we, – we, did, we just didn't watch commercial television. Yeah. And I've been called a wanker and all sorts of things over the years for my stance. But, <laughs> I think you it know, worked, we stuck with it. I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know, I don't watch a lot of TV now um, – Whilst I'm loath to give um, Netflix a plug, we, we watch. I love Netflix. Uh, there you go. I'll put it out there. There you go, Netflix. Sponsorship deal. Yeah. So, um, but look, the thing is that um, we had a TV on some years ago and um, Anne, your sister. Yes. She, there was a, an advertisement. She'd flicked it onto commercial television and there was an advertisement for Underbelly. Mm-hmm. And there was a particular scene advertising Underbelly, like the next episode. Yeah. And what it was, it was the exhumation of a headless body in the bush. And Anne sweetly said to me, she said, oh, Dad, do you you know anything about this? And I looked at Anne and I said, Annie, I said, you see the guy in in the grave... In a, in a dust jacket, digging up that headless body, mm. being portrayed on this show. I said, that's me. Piss off. True story. Really? Yeah. That was me. But we can't talk about that anymore because that's, that's one of my forensic stories. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? That's a fact. Hey. So isn't that sweet that Anne actually... <laughs> that shows you the level of sort of her knowledge of... Just how deeply involved, which is a good thing in a way, and that shows and it proves, uh, anecdotally at least, that I didn't talk to you kids about a lot of bad shit. Yeah, that's really interesting. And also, just to people who are thinking of maybe, maybe turning loose units into a TV show or a or a movie. I mean, that 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 is a classic. You couldn't <laughs> write that. That's a true story. That's insane. And the timing and and Anne just was she was she was shocked. No, and, and it's the most incredible. Story. Here's a question about the exhumation of this headless body. But I'm sorry, that's for another time. The, um, look, I'm fine with that. That tease is excellent. Hint, hint. But listen, um, just but, before, but can we just come back to the question that the oh, guy wrote? Well, we can. Um, we can in a second. I just want to quickly ask: How did you? How did it feel seeing somebody portraying you on television? Yeah, it was. It was great. Okay, and it was nice and and surreal. Okay, because you've never told me that, and I'm somewhat dumbstruck by yeah. that. Okay, so back to the question. Well, yes. look, in answer to Roger Rogerson, um, I was interviewed on Channel 10 uh, a few months ago. Yeah. And 
the interviewer, one of the interviewers, it was a panel discussion on, and it was live. You know, he, he said to me, oh, you know, blah, 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 Roger Rogers. And I went, well, and I, and I looked at the camera and said, well, yeah, yeah, he's still alive and, you know, that's it. So, no, I don't talk about that. It, maybe when he's dead. Yeah. Oh, that was, um, yeah, that's right. And, that the other, and Trudy Adams, I mean, there's some... Look, the thing in the police force is that you get to hear a lot of stuff and in my experience about all the big unsolved cases, the stuff you hear in the police force over years is gen- generally true. Okay. And that's all I can okay. say. You know, you hear, you pick up bits of information and, mm. um, you know, I've, I've got some of the most... I've got the most incredible. Uh, st- oh, look, I've got some incredible stories. That just <laughs> I just want to. I'm just bursting at the seams. I, I, you know, they're, 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 we're not going to talk about them. Okay. Not 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 in this series. No, not no not in this series. Well, this this season of uh, Loose Units, the podcast, is uh, almost uh, at an end. We'll do a season two, you know, um, afterwards, obviously, and there'll be lots of other stuff on the feed. But that's for another time. Listen, um, that's all the time we have for this episode of Loose Units, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thanks from Dad and I. Uh, Make sure that you grab a copy of Loose Units, the book. But we've got an audio book that's coming out globally on every single platform, on Audible, iTunes, everywhere. Um, It's coming out on April the 1st. This is not an April Fool's prank. It features a very strange, very funny intro from Dad and I. Um, it's got all kinds of great stuff that you may have missed in the book. Loose Units, the book, is available online or it's available in bookstores. If your store doesn't have it, harangue them until they order it in. Um, head across to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash loose units. Make sure you uh, interact with us because we, we post lots of really cool stuff across there. Um, rate and review on iTunes. I think that's all the homework we've got for you. We will see you next week for the final episode of Season 1 of Loose Units, the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.